0: Good morning. Very nice to see you all. Thank you for joining us today. Um, My name is Dimitris Anassis. I'm a partner at Heal Dickinson at the Pereira's office. And I'm very privileged to be joined by very distinguished um, panelists this morning um, discussing a very important issue, which is transparency in emissions. Just to briefly introduce um, the panelists, I'm joined by Stamatis Fradelos, who is a vice president. Uh, on Regulatory Affairs at ABS, the Classification Society. I'm joined by Vasilis Maroulis, who's the Managing Director and uh, Global Industry Head on Shipping, Logistics and Offshore at Citi. I'm joined by uh, Ms. Harriet Plakandanakis, who is the Chief Strategy Officer at Starbulk, And uh, Angelos Vaticolos, who's the Director of Strategic Business Development and Planning at Signal Maritime. Just by way of a very brief introduction before I give the, uh, uh, the panelists uh, uh, a chance to very briefly uh, introduce themselves and let us have their own uh, very brief views on transparency. What we do know is that ship owners have um, a responsibility in terms of emissions reporting to a number of stakeholders, uh, whether that be financiers, their charterers, um, uh, regulators, uh, classification societies, and so on. Um, at the same time, uh, there are a number of measures and regulations uh, worldwide uh, that have been imposed um, in terms of uh, emissions reporting uh, with which the owners and a number of other stakeholders have to comply with. So. I'd like to start by giving uh, each of the uh, panelists um, a few minutes, just a couple of minutes, um, to let us know uh, what they understand transparency in emissions to mean and, uh, and to involve. Um, Mr. Fradelos. Calmera, good morning to everyone. Uh,
1: thank you, Dimitri, so briefly <coughs> and I'm going to provide mainly the class perspective on this. Um, of course, transparency is about uh, measuring, reporting uh, the emissions, and you know the data to be available to uh, other parties. <clears throat> For us, and um, what we see as a need is also uh, to reach in. Um, Uh, in a high level of granularity as well. This is important because, of course, we need transparency, but also we need to have the data in a a detail uh, that will enable us to provide answers. And and we see now this need as we have started working uh, on, on improving the CII. And it is obvious that uh, we need this high level of granularity and transparency in order to use the data and to be able to to provide solutions, proposals for a a more efficient and fair framework. Uh, So we have seen this need several years ago before the implementation of MRB and the DCS where our clients were looking for uh, benchmarking data because at that time there was no uh, information available. Now, of course, um, mainly from Thetis uh, and MRV, there is a source of information that can be used, and we see a quite you know, um, significant level of, of transparency, but still we have uh, more work to do in this field. Thank you.
0: Thank you very much. Uh, Mr. Maroulis, um, coming from a financier, um, how, how, do, how do you perceive Um, transparency in emissions. Uh, Good morning, everyone, first of all.
2: Um, Pleasure to be here. Um, You are what you measure. Uh, Increasingly, uh, there is regulatory scrutiny for all the corresponding shipping portfolios. Each and every financier will, of course, uh, proceed down its own path based on where they're based, what their regulator needs. Um, For the time being, of course, uh, there is a consensus with regards to Poseidon principles, Poseidon principles both in terms of trajectory and ultimately how we measure. And uh, there is, um, you know, it's it's a very broad range of financial institutions. I do sincerely believe that increasingly uh, we will be shifting to a notional CO2 figure uh, and therefore, no uh, efficiency metrics, but rather, what are what are our corresponding portfolios emitting, and how? What is it uh, that we want with regards to the targets uh, that we will be pursuing? For us, uh, honesty and uh, transparency uh, with regards to our clients is of utmost importance. Uh, you know, we are totally transparent in terms of how we use the data and what we do with it. And ultimately, the data is something that belongs to the owners. So, we treat it with uh, um, extreme care and we do not disclose it to to any other party except for our regulators, which is ultimately something that we, we need to do. So. It's an extremely important element, transparency. It is a journey, uh, and therefore we are in this journey together. uh, And I think increasingly all of these things will will play a very significant role. But again, I think the most important element is we are what we measure. We need to measure to be able to, to meet the corresponding targets, whatever they are.
0: Thank you, Mr Maroulis. Um, it's very interesting. Um, we're very blessed with a very varied panel here today. We've got a owner, we've got a technology provider, uh, we've got a financier and we've got a classification society. And it's very interesting what you say um, in the sense that there might be uh, in the future a notional uh, sense of emissions rather than actual metrics. I find that extremely interesting. and. Um, I'd be, I'd be interested to hear what uh, the owners have to say about that. So, uh, Ms. Plakandanakis.
3: Thank you, Dimitris, and thank you, Nicolas Solga, the Capital Link team, for inviting me here today. So, to your question, Dimitris, allow me to set the scene a bit on what transparency with regards to emissions data means for a ship owner. And this is not a new concept. Since 2019, ship owners have been reporting their fuel oil consumption in the DCA system of the IMO. And actually, this is the system through which the data were used in 2023 to estimate, to calculate the carbon intensity indicator of our ships. Since 2015, we're also reporting through the MRV to European authorities the emissions of the vessels that call European ports. In 2023, we also reported the EEXI of our vessels on the technical front, and for a few years now, we're already working with RightShip to report the greenhouse gas rating of our vessels, which again is a technical indicator. So both on the operational indicators and on the technical indicators, there has been transparency in the market, which is mandatory and it is driven by regulators. Uh, Now, at the same time, uh, we have uh, initiatives like uh, the Poseidon Principles um, by the banks. We have the Sea Cargo Charter by charterers. We have Poseidon Principles for marine insurance. These are voluntary initiatives which are driven by our counterparties. And uh, we do participate in these initiatives in order to enable our counterparties to report on the climate alignment of their portfolios and of their activities. Uh, So, along with the regulatory, we also have voluntary reporting in terms of working together with our stakeholders. Uh, And then, of course, there are things a ship-owning company can do in order to take it to the next step and um, go beyond regulatory compliance and beyond compliance with our constituents' requirements. And what do these initiatives entail, for example? Uh, carbon disclosure project. This is an initiative that is is—it's a, a very demanding framework. We have been uh, participating in, since uh, 2021. And it is uh, a rating which enables us to assess our environmental performance and to identify areas for improvement, which educate us and help us get better. We have our ESG report that we publish every year and uh, where we have a very detailed report Of all our emissions, of um, related indicators to our emissions, action strategies, plans in order to improve on those. Actually, our, our new report is coming out within this month, so watch out for that. Uh, What is new in this report and is related, again, with emissions, is that this year, for the first time, and I think we're one of the first shipping companies globally to do that, we are also reporting Scope 3 emissions, along with our Scope 1 and Scope 2, which basically refer to emissions that are derived not from uh, assets owned or controlled by us, but through our value chain. So, uh, again, we have... Regulatory requirements. We have voluntary initiatives, and we have company-specific initiatives that take us a step further. Uh, now, where where does its shipping company stand in terms of all these transparency reporting requirements? This is a matter of strategic decision. So, where do you want to position yourself? Do you simply want to comply, or do you want? to go the extra mile and provide additional data work together with your stakeholders and be prepared for the future, which will require additional transparency. Uh, and in that respect, we have uh, we have decided as a company since some time now to be the latter, so to be as transparent as possible, which has both benefits and risks and costs, which I'm sure we will elaborate further in the duration of our panel. Thank you.
0: Thank you very much. Uh, now, going back to another important uh, stakeholder, um, a, a technology provider, Signla is one of the leading ones uh, in this market, and I would like to ask uh, what his uh, preliminary views are. Good morning,
4: Kalimera to all. Uh, thank you, Dimitri. I think it's uh, great to be part of such a diverse uh, panel today. Hopefully a very insightful uh, uh, discussion. Uh, I'm, As you correctly said, I'm uh, the technology provider in the panel. At the same time, I'm uh, working for Signal Maritime, which is the uh, commercial operator. We manage tanker pools, so I'll try to be a hybrid, let's say, between technology and uh, commercial operator. Uh, So, I think uh, transparency, um, as you mentioned, is the basis for any emission scheme. Uh, From a technology provider perspective, I think transparency is simply um, uh, for all stakeholders in the industry, for all market players to be able to have access to accurate and reliable data. From a commercial operator perspective, it's a bit different, let's say, end-to-end the story, meaning being able to receive data from your uh, partners, meaning the owners that have trusted the uh, vessels to you for management, being able to analyze them, to store them, of course, in voyage management systems, uh, analyze, calculate the emissions, provide the emissions to uh, clients, uh, our charters, and, of course, participating in uh, initiatives such as the Sea cargo Charter initiative, and uh, being compared with others, and best players, lower emitters, if you will, um, and close the feedback back to your partners by reporting uh, how good uh, you're doing on that front. Uh, but just to uh, sum it up, I think transparency today is uh, somehow a fact, meaning. Someone can look also the airline industry, what happened in the airline industry years before, meaning all the components uh, are there. Uh, we have AIA's data for vessels, we have the technical characteristics of vessels, we have the commercial uh, information for each vessel. So in reality, you just need something to put everything together, bring everything together, and uh, uh, this is basically technology. So you can analyze, extract value, uh, uh, outcomes and insights out of this. Thank you. Thank you very much.
0: Um, now let's try to, to break it down um, just a little more um, and uh, see see where that gets us. Um, starting um, uh, with uh, Ms. Plakandani, uh, the owners' aspect. Um, I'd be grateful if you could um, just let us know briefly what you perceive the uh, the benefits of um, uh, transparency in emissions. Uh, to be, and the related challenges at the same time.
3: Thank you, Dimitri. So, as I already touched upon, we do consider transparency and accurate monitoring and reporting of our emissions data to be an indispensable part of our decarbonisation strategy. Uh, I don't think we can be talking today about decarbonization in our industry in the absence of transparency. Regulators need data in order to form regulation strategies, measures. Companies need data in order to demonstrate compliance. There's a lot of discussion around collaboration, which is, uh, again, very important in order to accelerate decarbonisation and how can you collaborate with your counterparties if you do not share data. So uh, we see this as a competitive advantage, uh, not as a necessary evil. Uh, which is sometimes being discussed Uh, now, now why is that for starters for us being transparent this creates a discipline in our organization in order to report and monitor emissions data we get into the detail of what we do we report it and this pushes the organization in order to improve continuously and of course it is a sign of good governance we're a publicly listed company it is important for our investors but of course also for our banks, for our charterers, but also for our own people in the office. They take pride in the fact that we are transparent. Transparency builds trust, demonstrates commitment. So these are on the benefits front, along also, of course, with the fact that we learn also from these initiatives, and they enable us to take joint action with our stakeholders So, uh, for example, with our financial institutions, we we have been able to engage in uh, sustainability-linked facilities whereby we have annual margin adjustments which are linked to the carbon intensity of our fleet. Then we we continuously learn through these frameworks, and, and I can make this practical. For example, through our participation in the carbon disclosure project, It became evident that we would need an ESG committee at the board level, which will further provide guidance to our ESG strategies and monitoring of performance, which we have implemented since last year. Through our participation in ESG reports and through the new GRI standards, it became clear that we had to update, to enhance our code of conduct, to strengthen policies related, for example, to anti slavery, anti harassment. So, this is a learning process for us, a continuous improvement process. And um, we leverage this transparency in order to take joint action and of course to become better. Now, um, Mr. Papadimitriou mentioned uh, in his speech earlier that there's no such thing as a free lunch. Of course, this comes at a cost for the company. We need a lot of investment in people, in processes and systems. We have a vessel performance monitoring team in the office which continuously monitors the performance of our vessels. They have developed systems which include validation and control points to minimize data entry errors by, by our crews. We have invested heavily in telemetry in order to further ensure the timeliness and accuracy of our vessel data. And of course, we have people in the office who work to coordinate or are reporting projects, for example, uh, CDP submissions, ESG reports. Uh, we, we work with ESG rating indices agencies across the world, like Sustain Analytics, for example, uh, in order to, to further provide data and transparency of what we do and our ways of working when it comes to emissions. Now, uh, there are also risks. Uh, so there may be years where we, uh, we report a performance, which is worse than last year. Uh, and, and this is uh, what happened for us last year, for example. We, in 2022, we reported in our ESG report data from 2021, whereby the total carbon footprint of our fleet had increased and the carbon intensity of our fleet had deteriorated. Uh, Now, this data can be misleading if read standalone. And it's very important for us as a company to communicate and to explain clearly what the data means and what's the story behind these numbers. And why had that happened? Uh, We had increased the size of our fleet The on fleet, therefore, our carbon footprint had increased. And because of the good market in 2021, our charterers were demanding higher speeds, which had led a deterioration in our carbon intensity indicators uh, so, so here there's a perception risk that that your stakeholders your constituents may read the numbers in a wrong way uh, therefore it is very important along with the investment in your people processes systems uh, to, to be alert when it comes to uh, s- uh, stakeholder engagement and management and very clear communication So um, uh, yes, benefits, costs and risks at the same time, we are confident that this is the the right way to go about it. We believe that transparency will increase as we get closer to a global carbon taxation scheme. And as soon as there is a price behind emissions, and of course, the the use of technology that Angelos uh, mentioned will enable this transparency and will further accelerate it. Thank you.
0: Thank you very much. Um, I'd like to go back um, and ask Mr. Fradelos uh, what his views are on something that Mr. Maruli said um, about the um, uh, the potential move to a notional um, aspect in terms of uh, of emissions. Um, as Ms. Lagkentanaki said, um, uh, metrics are becoming more advanced, and no doubt we'll be elaborating on that with Mr. Vardakalos a bit uh, later. So. Uh, going back to something that Mr. Papadimitri also said, um, you know, moving from the commonplace to common sense, um, uh, Mr. Fredelos, do you do you agree? Basically, do you agree, um, given uh, classification societies, uh, the, the burden that falls on classification societies to safeguard. Um, uh, emissions and and their transparency in terms of calculating, do you agree that as metrics become more advanced, there is a chance that we might be going towards a notional model as opposed to a heavily advanced uh, metrics model?
1: Yes, uh, actually there are two sides here uh, on on addressing the, the metrics because of course, from one side, we need to have something simple, and this was, you know, the main effort from MIMO, What we have seen the previous year, because the discussions on metric and and introducing a metric to SIP was uh, starting back in 2010 and 11, and there are a lot of papers and discussions about metrics. We have seen different proposals, but actually, what we have seen <coughs> from MIMO's side goes. To introduce a a simple one uh, something that uh, can be based on uh, you know simple data and and considering that we need to verify this data so um, a a complicated matrix which will actually need the submission of on detailed data from uh, a uh, different site of operation of the vessel will not be easy to be verified. And this is an important element we need to keep in mind when we're discussing about data and metrics. Uh, we need to ensure a level playing field. We need to make sure that you know operators submit the data and we have the, the capability to verify this data with high level of confidence. Uh, to ensure this level playing field. So now, of course, we understand that this simplicity has created some problems, because the metric we are using, I'm sure we are all aware it's uh, it's somehow uh, penalizing some type of SIPs, it's, it's uh, not fair for depending on your operation. And this is something, of course, that has been recognized from MIMO. And uh, this is why we have, you know, this open invitation. And we are working, I'm sure um, we are working with different stakeholders, ship owners, and other organizations um, to provide feedback to regulators about how we can improve uh, the metric. Uh, so there is some ongoing work, and, and we think at the end, we will have a fair scheme, um, and of course, at that time, we will possibly f- see a,
0: a more robust implementation. Thank you. Thank you. Um, that's, that's, that's great. Thank you very much. Um, I'd like to go to, um, and, and I'd like, um, uh, with your permission, to read out just a very short quote that I read on Tradewinds uh, some time ago. And it goes like this. Uh, no matter how many existing initiatives are here, in terms of sustainability, um, if the charters are not willing to pay a premium uh, for uh, for future oriented ships, none of these initiatives make any real difference, except to pay lip service to the green credentials of such charters. Um, And that's a very obviously uh, provocative uh, statement here. Um, unfortunately, uh, because of an emergency, we don't have a charter uh, on, on the panel. Uh, so I could grill them on this very point. Um, but, um, as Mr. Papadimitriou said, uh, uh, what Mrs. Lagarde said, is it, true. Um, at the end of the day, someone's going to pay for it. And is it the case, uh, one wonders, uh, that um, the end consumer is going to have to pay uh, for all these initiatives uh, to materialize. Now, how is that related to transparency in emissions? One may ask. Um, well, first of all, let's start with whether, and I'm going to ask Mr. Maroulis about that, uh, in terms of the financier's uh, perspective, because perception is reality. Uh, and I'd like to ask him, is there transparency in emissions at the moment? And uh, if and to the extent that the position could be improved, uh, what do you think uh, that would assist with that
2: well so let me let me start with a, a point I do believe that increasing very very slow steps uh, we are seeing um, Charterers uh, and cargo providers, not on the oil tanker or dry bulk space yet, but on the container side, uh, w- willing to pay significant premium in order for their uh, boxes to be carried on uh, the latest technology vessels of the corresponding fleet, including in some occasions, very specifically. Uh, dual-fui fuel vessels, so as and when green fuels are available for, for uh, their cargo to be transported on those sort of ships. So that that has happened very recently, and uh, it's actually um, something that is important to note, um, because scope three emissions and the corresponding uh, commitments of the corresponding charters is what is going to drive ultimately Uh, where I think the shipping industry will go. And therefore, very large entities, and I do believe that it's gonna happen first on the container side, because those corresponding entities have made the commitments. They need to uh, reduce as much as possible the emissions from uh, the supply chain. And therefore, uh, we are seeing the first uh, movement, if you wish, on, on, on that side. I think with regards to uh, transparency, I do, you know, I do believe there is transparency. Um, at least with regards to, um, now I am looking at it from a financier's point of view, right, so therefore I expect uh, my clients to be fully transparent with me as I am fully transparent with them. Uh, what is it that I can do? How can I assist? And therefore, if that transparency isn't there, then effectively it's quite easy. Uh, then effectively, they won't be clients uh, any further. Or if the transparency is of a different, uh, ultimately, quality that we uh, that we require, then again, it's going to be uh, exactly the same outcome. Why? Because. Banking is a heavily regulated uh, industry. Our regulators require very specific elements and very specific data requirements. And uh, there is no, uh, I'm sorry, uh, but you know, uh, XYZ client just didn't provide what we we needed in order for us to report what you require, whether that's the OCC or the Fed with regards to uh, um, uh, us, uh, us being uh, a US uh, institution, so therefore, I do sincerely believe, and that's why I am extremely optimistic. And I think it is important to take a moment and uh, and and reflect. I think this industry is doing, and, and it is something that is being observed. It is doing everything that it can in order for for, and and it is at the forefront of, of, of ultimately actions that can be taken at the same point in time there are very specific very uh, important bottlenecks which ultimately you know even if a ship owner tomorrow uh, builds just a methanol uh, uh, vessel in order for the, you know there is no green methanol so there are fundamental elements uh, in, in, uh, that need to be overcome, but uh, A, I am uh, cautiously optimistic with regards to everything that I'm seeing uh, in terms of what our clients are doing, what their competition is also doing, and also uh, uh, increasingly confident that as a result of the sea cargo charter, the commitments of the charters, we are seeing some change. It is slow, and I'm not going to say that it's it's going to happen very, uh, you know very quickly, nor that uh, uh, you know there is a question mark with regards to, of course, tanker and dry
0: bulk space. Thank you very much. I think you have very aptly described what I call the domino effect, and that is that potentially, even starting with you, starting with the financiers, um, there is a, a an, an almost linear. Um, sense of conformity and compliance so that the financier, for example, demands that the owner um, or or, or the charter, the operator depending on the type of finance um, comply and that just moves on down the chain and you're right and from from our experience in advising uh, even oil majors in terms of uh, drafting clauses uh, in relating to sustainability uh, it's the oil majors. It's the major operators that first ask for 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 stringent um, conditions to be imposed on them, because they also have to comply. So, so it's uh, it's exactly what you what you described. So, I would agree with you, for what it's worth, um, uh, in being very, as you said, uh, cautiously uh, optimistic. I think that, that would be justified. Uh, now, going back. Uh, to, to technology, since we have a very distinguished technology provider, and that's your other hat, uh, <laughs> there, uh, Mr. Verticalos. Um, uh, could you could you let us know um, what what you know in terms of standardisation and innovation, which I believe are the two keys uh, in terms of the um, uh, the involvement of technology? Um, how 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 does uh, innovation and standardization uh, standardization fit in in all of this?
4: Thank you, Dimitri. Yeah, it's actually a great uh, question and a tricky one, but I'll try to to answer it. Uh, Meaning, um, uh, I think, first of all, unfortunately, I cannot show you live how technology works on this, so I'll try to bring a few uh, real examples, hopefully. The first has to do with the, the technology platforms and how we use it towards this uh, direction, uh, I mean emissions uh, transparency. I'll talk about signal ocean platform um, and especially how we utilize data, like as I mentioned before, AIS, commercial data, uh, technical characteristics of vessels to calculate emissions at vessel level or fleet level, uh, whether this has to do with CII, EOI, or other metrics. Uh, an interesting case, just to make it a bit more real, uh, has to do with the uh, cargo Charter. Um, Signal Martime, uh, that I represent, uh, is a member of Chicago Charter. So, in the first um, report last year, uh, referring to 2021 data uh, for emissions for 25 participants, if I'm not mistaken, Uh, we did the following uh, experiment, let's say, comparison. We used the the report in order to to see the actuals, the the reported figures of emissions, and at the same time, we ran in the platform, in our signalization platform, the the same, let's say, ranking of participants in terms of alignment towards the target trajectory for the year. And the result was quite uh, impressive, I think, uh, in two ways. First of all, we managed to match the exact sequence of um, uh, ranking in terms of participants so the best uh, the lowest let's say emitter in Chicagogo charter uh, public report was exactly the same in, uh, uh, in the platform et etc cetera, etc cetera. the second second etc. Uh, the second part the second uh, thing of comparison was the emission figure uh, the emission figures themselves. Uh, meaning the lump sum amounts of uh, emissions and the EOI of its fleet. There, of course, we had some deviation uh, from 3 to 7%, uh, 8%, uh, but I think uh, I find it pragmatic and fair because, as I mentioned before, we're talking about estimates. Uh, and here I think it's uh, quite uh, important to highlight that we are talking about the system that, uh, or any other systems, I, I'm, I'm just uh, uh, to- uh, speaking on behalf of Signal now, but of course there are other systems as well. Uh, we're talking about a system that has no manual in intervention uh, and generated this ranking in a matter of seconds uh, and it's a fully automated end-to-end uh, system. So this is, I think, one of some uh, simple examples of how technology plays a key role in uh, transparency.
0: Thank you very much. Um, now, since we, we managed uh, to go through all our time, um, I'd like to, um, to look at the future Now the um, uh, particular Greek shipping uh, is always stated to be a very uh, traditional and very resistant industry in terms of uh, change Um, and um, uh, this is something that goes contrary um, against the uh, what seems to be uh, a worldwide effort uh, to in my view very violently Uh, make shipping comply. Indeed, uh, this is a statistic that you will have heard before. Um, Shipping is uh, responsible for less than 3% of global uh, emissions, uh, yet it's responsible for over 85% of global transport. And um, that inevitably uh, gets us to the future. And um, I'd like to ask uh, Ms Plakantonaki, from owners, what her views are in terms of the incentives uh, that Greek owners uh, would need uh, in, terms to, in, in terms of increasing, get further their efforts towards uh, standardisation, innovation, and overall uh, transparency in emissions.
3: Thank you, Dimitri. So uh, I will be very brief. I see we only have less than four minutes. in in order to uh, take a view on the future one needs to see the regulations ahead of us we have the IMO taking a more ambitious stance towards 2050 we have intermediate targets in 2030 2040 we have a commitment for a global tax on carbon coming into force in 2027 I cannot stress enough how this will accelerate developments, once there is a price on carbon, then a lot of investments on new technologies, new fuels, will make financial sense for ship owners, for charterers, for the entire value chain. Uh, Now, uh, uh, you you mentioned incentives, uh, standardization, digitalization. We do see standardization, a recent example is, uh, for example, they did align their greenhouse gas rating with the uh, with the exi formula and we expect to see more of that uh, coming into the picture in the coming years we do see digitalization enabling the reporting uh, the monitoring and thereafter the reporting of emissions data as as has very rightly said and uh, we do see very importantly a lot of collaboration Uh, uh, every month there's a new center there's a new forum uh, being announced green corridors or these initiatives in the market are great because they enable the exchange of data across the value chain they enable acceleration of all these efforts Uh, so so to to, to sum up uh, regulatory ambition digitalization, standardization, collaboration, uh, this is the future that we see ahead of us. Thank you.
0: Thank you. I think, I think that's absolutely right. Um, uh, just as a closing comment, since we've effectively uh, run out of time, um, I'd like to make uh, one of the points that we discussed with, um, with Mr. Walker, who unfortunately can't make it today. And it's quite interesting, because um, uh, he's, um, he's a managing director of the chartering, a major charterer. And um, what we very much agreed on is that um, all this uh, effort towards compliance in terms of uh, sustainability um, points towards uh, leaving aside the inevitability of it. uh, It only points towards collaboration. Um, Metrics like CII and uh, other indicators, um, it doesn't matter whether they're accurately um, uh, calculated or even properly devised. Um, uh, in, in, uh, I, 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 would, I would probably say that most people's view is that collaboration is key. Uh, all the stakeholders involved, starting you know from owners, charters, financiers, regulators, uh, classification societies, uh, and so on, uh, they all need to see this as an opportunity. Um, clauses like CII that we deal with every day. Um, sometimes uh, only act uh, to enhance the polarization uh, involved and that is something we do not want. Uh, hopefully you have found this discussion to be constructive. Uh, do catch us around and ask us questions. I've had the, uh, uh, the privilege of being in this panel. I've also had the privilege of not having to really answer any questions. Uh, <laughs> But uh, thankfully, my fellow panellists have given uh, very good answers. And uh, thank you very much.